0: Hello everyone. You're listening to another episode of the print life podcast. This week, I'm going to share a weekly training with you that I pulled from the print life membership from last year in October. That is all about the idea of becoming the specialist. Now I speak to a lot of designers often, and I hear a lot of questions being asked about how to generate consistent sales in your business, how to find your handwriting, how to find your niche, how to build a client list. And it really does all come down to not only market alignment and market focus, but once you're there, it's about becoming a specialist in that area. And I know, I know, I hear all the time that it feels like I'm pigeonholing myself or boxing myself into only doing one thing, but the more you learn about one area of the market. The more you learn about one segment of the industry, the more you learn about your niche, the more you realize that you really don't know that much about your market or your niche. And the more you dig in, the more you learn, the more you see and understanding that the more you niche down, the more you fine tune, the more you become a specialist in a certain area, the wider the potential for you to serve that specific part of the industry is going to become. From experience, I can tell you that I am a better creative director because I have been the designer. I've been the print designer. I've been the print buyer. I've been the print seller. I have done trend forecasting and mood boards. I've done it all. And I believe that understanding every little area of the niche that I'm in has enabled me to be better at what I do. The more you can understand all of the aspects of what it is you want to do, the better you will be at your job. So becoming a specialist in one area of the market, in one area of the industry, in your specific design niche is going to lend itself to you becoming the specialist in that area. So the more you learn about the market you serve, the clients they serve, the layouts that they gravitate towards, the colors they like, the how many colors they utilize in their prints, all of the things that you can think about that that will make you better at what you do, that is being the specialist. And connecting to that is all about embodying that person now, being that designer now, being that artist now, becoming that designer now, designing as if you already work for the companies that you want to work with, designing as if you're already in demand and looking at things in a certain way. All of these things are going to build confidence. They're going to attract the right clients and they're going to position you where you're in really good shape to serve a very specific targeted audience in our industry. You're listening to the Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to October's um, week one training. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about becoming a specialist in the industry. And this is something I know we've discussed before, but I think that it's very important to revisit the idea of this at this time of year because we do have a few months left to really kind of take a look at things, take a look at how the year went and where we're spending our time, where we want to continue spending our time in January when the year um when the new year arrives. And I just wanted to really take October, November and December um as a time to kind of regroup, reset, refresh and have a really strong start to January with the right goals in place that are aligned to the work that we're doing and all of the things. So what does it mean exactly to be a specialist. And I like to think of it as finding the people that you want to work with and finding the best way that you can give them what they need so that others like them will want to work with you and can find you as well. And in doing that, you end up doing the work that you love to do. You end up working with clients you want to work with, and you end up able to charge more for the work that you do because you have established yourself as a specialist in the industry. Now, what industry, what market, what medium, what style, what type of products, how many revenue streams, that is all something that we will figure out as we move through. But first and foremost, we just wanna take like a bird's eye view of everything right now. What are you working on? Who are your clients? I I think that it's very important to make a list of the clients that you want to work with and the clients that you no longer wish to work with as well. I think this is going to play a big role. And this one can be hard because, you know, make a list of clients I don't want to work with that I'm working with because I want to be grateful for the work that I have. And while being grateful for the work that we have is very important, being grateful for the clients that you have, being grateful for the money coming in, being grateful for the work that you do. It's also important to not continue to do work you no longer wish to do, because then you're going to get stuck there and you won't ever progress to the next stage of attracting clients that you want to be working with. If you're just saying like, this is okay, this will do right. So even if you do have a list of clients that you're working with, that you maybe no longer want to work with, I'm not saying just drop them. I'm saying have a plan, have a, have an idea in mind of how you're going to slowly replace those clients one at a time with clients who allow you to do the work that lights you up. And how can we, make this happen? How can we attract those clients? How can we put ourselves out there in a way that allows us to pull in the clients that are going to slowly replace the clients that we no longer wish to work with? And this is going to be establishing yourself as a specialist in your field. So how do we kind of begin to think about this? Well, I like to say that Every once in a while, it's really good to test things and throw them out really quickly, see what's working, what's sticking, what are you loving, what are you not loving? Because sometimes we have ideas for things and then we do them and we're like, "Mm, not so much. And sometimes we end up trying things um, that we love that we didn't even know that we would love. So it, it really comes down to starting first with identifying the work that you're doing right now. And are you happy doing that work? Do you want to do more of that work? Or is there something else that you wish to be doing? So we'll start there. And then the next step would be, you know, if you are in a place where you're unsure, you're unsure what industry, what market, what type of prints, what type of clients, you just don't know yet where you fit. I'll, I'll challenge that by saying, where do you want to fit? Um, often we get stuck in the idea of like, I, I don't know my niche. I, I don't know what market I'd be best suited. I don't know what style is my handwriting. I don't know. And the if, if we can like kind of challenge ourselves to look at those words a little bit different and say, what kind of handwriting do I want to have? What kind of clients do I want to work with? What kind of work do I want to do in this world? We can kind of take a look at where we want to be and then reverse engineer to see the path that we can take to get us there. Is there one right path? No, but there's one right path for you in this moment, the one that you want to take the one that's going to light you up. That's the right path. And if you aren't sure and you want to kind of test things out, see what's sticking, um, we want to try and do that as quickly as possible. So, maybe you put some stuff up on Spoonflower, maybe you put some stuff up on Pattern Bank, maybe you're working with a print studio, maybe you're working with two print studios, maybe you have freelance clients, maybe you're also thinking about a POD site, maybe you also want to sell something on Etsy, maybe you also want to have an online shop, okay? So, that's a lot of stuff, right? And and we all do a lot of things because we're trying to create multiple revenue streams so that we can build sustainable income. However, it's best to kind of take a look, like really write down every single thing that you're doing and how is each one of those things sitting with you? Are you enjoying it? Do you want to move forward doing those things? Um, Are you seeing the ROI that you want? And if you're not, is it because you have too many things going on and you're not focused in that one area? Is it because of circumstance? Is it because of what's been going on in our industry? Is it because, you know, what are the reasons? So really kind of dissect where you are, what you're doing, what you wanna be doing, what's working, what isn't working, and try to move quickly to those next steps of being able to then say, okay, what do I wanna focus on first? Just take one thing. From all of the things that you do, choose one thing. And what we're going to do here is say, what does that one thing that I chose, where would that make me a specialist? Does that make me a specialist in kids wear? Does it make me a specialist in swimwear? Does it make me a specialist in commercial prints for women's wear? Like, do you wanna go even further, niche down even further? Does it make you a specialist in contemporary florals for the women's wear market? Does it make you a specialist in, you know, the sky's the limit and I know it can be a scary thing to say you're going to focus in on one area, but think about it this way. I was like, <laughs> I was like these analogies and I, I say them to my husband sometimes and he's like, I, I don't get it, but I love analogies. Whether or not this lands, you know, um, I'm still going to share it with you. So let's say you want to open a restaurant. All right. And you're going to open a restaurant and you find a space that you like and you don't know what kind of food you want to serve, but you know, you love to cook and you want to try a lot of different cuisines, right? Um, I I recommend playing with the idea of trying all the different cuisines to see what you enjoy cooking before you open the restaurant. And that just means to me before you're investing a lot of money in you know printing to fabric attending a trade show um building a website an online store like before you invest a ton of money that's when you really want to play play when there's no um there's no downside to the play you know you're not losing anything except your time right so You want to move through that process kind of quickly, right? Test out all the different things, all the things you like to cook. And, you know, typically if you're going to open a restaurant, you have a pretty good idea of what that menu is going to look like, right? So once you kind of have a feel for what type of food you might like to make, then you have your restaurant. So it's opening night and you've made the menu and the menu is American. So, you know, there's steaks, there's burgers, there's fish, there's um, you know, just a regular American menu. And, you know, it was pretty busy. You had fun, but you're like, Oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe we try like, um, Asian fusion. That sounds fun. So tomorrow night I'm going to do Asian fusion menu. That sounds good. And then the next night, the people who were there the first night come back and they sit down and they're like, what's happening? What, um, you had this really amazing steak that had like, you know, um, bl- blue cheese and crab on top. And it happens with a baked potato. Like that's what I want. You, where is that? And you're like, well, you know, uh, that was a lot of fun, but you know, I'm trying this now. Like, what do you think of this? And like, I guess we can give it a try, you know? And then let's say you continue to serve, um, that type of food for a, a long time. Let's say you do it for a few months and people start coming and they get familiar with the food. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I don't really want to do desserts anymore. I'm going to take desserts off the menu. And then you have people showing up all the time that just have no idea what to expect. The food could be amazing, right? It could all be amazing. Whether you do American one night, Pan-Asian one night, Indian one night, you know, Thai one night, and maybe you get those people that are like, I like the surprise. I'm not knowing what I'm going to get. So I'm going to keep going because that's kind of exciting and fun, but if you were to guess, if you were to bet on a restaurant, like invest your money into a restaurant, do you think you would be more likely to invest in something where it changes all the time, it's hit or miss, some stuff's good, some stuff didn't land so well, sometimes you go in and they don't even have food, they're they're just selling desserts, sometimes you go in and it's just cocktails, sometimes they don't have cocktails and they just have food and you're just like, I, I can't do this anymore, right, or are you going to you know maybe bet on the restaurant that got really familiar with one type one type of food and maybe the menu changes up here and there but they they know what they're doing they know who they are they've got a line around the block every weekend you can you can't get a table there people know what to expect the quality is consistent they they'll try new things but they have their favorites because they know what they want that's kind of what we're going for here is consistency. It's consistency which leads clients to expect, to know what to expect when they come to you because there's that continuity. So even if you change it up and you try new things, there is still the consistency in in landing with the end use, right? And the more that you play in that one space, the deeper your connection to your work, the better the work is going to get. The more connected the work is going to be to that end user and the more comfortable that client's going to be with you. You know, They're going to feel like they're in good hands. They're going to feel like you have invested time in understanding who they are and who they are selling to. They are just going to want to come back to you again and again. And it's in that repeat business when clients continue to come back to you every month every quarter, every year, that is what is going to establish consistency in your income. If clients come to you one month, right? You're on the, maybe they're on your email list. Um, one month, it's like conversationals for kids. And then the next month it's holiday prints for stationery. And then the next month it's sleepwear prints for men and women. And it stays there for a little while. And then it's, and then it's swimwear and then it's, and it's here and it's there. They they may unsubscribe because they just, they, they don't have time to try and navigate or understand what it is you're going to deliver to them. Now, this all being said, if you have an email list with a certain group of clients that you have segmented out, and you are consistently delivering the same thing to them, and then you have another segment of clients, and you are consistently delivering what they can expect from you to them, and those things are different, that is fine. But as a specialist, you should master one at a time before you move on to the next. And if I didn't focus on the studio first, if I didn't focus on my freelance clients first, Until that was established and solidified before I started the studio, which this did happen to me, by the way, where I had freelance clients. I was burning myself out trying to build the studio on the side. I was kind of splitting up my time to the degree where I wasn't really growing my client base, my freelance client base. And then the one client that I kind of banked on all the time decided to hire in-house. I didn't want to go in-house and I lost them. And I had to go get a job because I wasn't staying on top of building connections and building relationships as a freelance designer. And because I went back in house, you know, I was unable to focus on my studio. So if I would have established a client list, kept building relationships, kept adding to it was growing relationships instead of just putting all my eggs in that one client with that one client and then not doing anything else. I might have had the time and the flexibility to start the business a little bit more down the road. Instead, I did them both at the same time. They both kind of fell apart and I ended up getting an in-house job, which is fine. It was a great job. I loved it, but everything happens for us, not to us, right? I learned a lot of lessons in that lessons that I can now share with you today and being a specialist having that focus, being able to be there for your clients, being able to support them, um, will grow out a client base for you. It may take time. I'm not saying this is going to happen overnight. That's why it's good to know where you're at in your career before you go all in, in one area. And If you're somebody who needs income coming in, I I don't recommend like quitting the job to go all in on the freelance, but let's have a plan in place of when you're going to start little by little building this so that you can let go of one to move over. Right. Like we were discussing the list of the clients that you work with and the clients that you no longer want to work with. You don't just get rid of them. You find the people that are going to replace, right? You're going to find a way to replace the clients that you don't want to work with anymore with clients you do want to work with. And similarly with jobs, that's how you can go about it. And that's how I ended up doing it with my job. I, um, had somebody helping me on the side with the studio um, took appointments for me. Um, it's not something that I thought that I would have done or thought that would have worked at the time. I was actually like getting ready to let the studio go. And it just so happened that one of the meetings that she took ended up being with somebody awesome who bought a ton of prints. And I was able to then see, okay, that was, that was a pretty big print sale. So instead of letting the studio go, let's take a couple more appointments. Let's let that person continue to work for me while I'm over here at my job to see if it continues to do well. And it did. And so I was able to then wait until the moment was right to, to slide out of the job and move over full-time into the business. And it's about weighing out what works for you. But when we are going after three things at once, and we're going in three different directions and we're designing, 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 and then throwing some up here and then design, 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 throw it here, design, design, throw it here, and then come back around. Like, where are we spending time on sales and marketing? Where are we spending time on getting to know our end users, getting to know our clients? When are we actually sitting down and evaluating the work that we are doing and saying, did I enjoy that? Are we giving ourselves time to process, time to kind of dig in deeper in some areas and let go of others? And- that's really, I truly believe where we can find that connection to the specialist and the specialist is the person that's going to be a little bit more connected, a little bit more in tune and in touch with what's happening in their specific area. And you'll become a go-to you'll become somebody. People ask questions, you know, what are, how do I do this? Um, what do you think about that? Uh, we need these kind of prints. Oh, go, to, go to her go to him, go to that studio, whatever it is, because they know, they know what to expect from you. And that's what I want to challenge us to really take a look at this week and kind of sit down with where you're at and take a look at things and, and either journal or write down, like, okay, what am I making right now? Who are my clients? Am I happy in this Position that I'm in? Am I on the design wheel 24 7 without coming up for air, or am I happy with the balance that I have happening right now in my business and work life? Um, it's about finding, you know, I don't like to really say like finding balance because I don't think we find balance. <laughs> I think we create it. We create balance for ourselves by being picky and choosy and intentional with what we want to do, by being intentional with the clients we go after, being intentional with the market we design into, being intentional with our portfolio, being intentional with the membership that we're in and who we want to reach out to and maybe having an accountability buddy or being in another pod or learning how to do something that you don't know how to do in your business or hiring an accountant. Whatever it is that we need to do to create balance um that's, that's kind of what I want to ask you to look at right now this week. Where are you at in terms of clients? Are you happy with it? Are you happy with your income? How much more income would you want? What does that mean for where you're at with your clients? Do you need to charge more? Do you need to let go of some of the people that are taking advantage of you in your time that are underpaying you and say, you know What? I need to move on. So how do I move on from that client? Let's go find a new one, bring them into my space, tell them how much I charge and let that person go, you know? And oftentimes it could be, I've had plenty of designers work with my studio and just not see anything come of it. And, you know, pandemic aside, it, it's been it's been 18 months of like, there's no way of knowing what's going on. You can't read it right now. But so I would say, you know, right now, if you've been working with a studio for the past 18 months and you're like, but I haven't seen anything, that's up to you. You have to kind of follow your intuition there. Like, is it time to say, loved working with you? I'm out. I'm all done. That's fine. There are no hard feelings in these kind of relationships, you know. But if you're in a working relationship with a studio and you're not consistent and you're kind of hesitant to give them that work because fear they're not selling, you don't know what's going on, whatever the case may be. And you're not communicating that to them. You're just not giving any work. Or maybe you're kind of giving some of the work here and some of the work there, but not really focusing on either studio. Um, Maybe it's time to let one go. Um, It's really time, I think, to decide where you want to focus your attention in order to get you where you want to go. What are your next steps? What We talk a lot about a to-do list, right? Now I want us to start thinking about a not to-do list. What are you doing that you can stop doing that will allow for the time for you to become the specialist? What can you stop doing that will allow you to make more money in your business? What can you stop doing? Who can you stop working with that will allow you the opportunity to find a better client to replace the client that is not paying you your worth, you know? So these are some of the things that I, um, I'm asking you all to think about this week. And as we move through the next few months, we're going to, it's going to kind of just snowball until hopefully we're at the end of it. And you have a lot of clarity on what kind of specialist you are, the clients that you want to get in the next three, three to four months, um, how much money you want to be making for 2022, even for Q1 of 2022, taking a look at things and deciding where we want to continue to spend our time because it's lending itself to the idea of us becoming the specialist. And where do we want to let go? What's what's in your way right now? What's blocking you? What's stopping you? What's preventing you? Sometimes it's us because sometimes we think we can't, we can't be the thing that we want to be until we get it. Like, once I get that client, then I can be the designer that I wanna be that has those clients. Or once I'm making enough money, then I can invest in the course that's gonna help me with my craft, get to be a better floral painter, you know? And what I've learned through my coaching with my coaches is first be, then do, then have. So you first have to embody and be the creative, be the designer, be the specialist, then do the work as if you are the specialist, then you'll have the things that you wanna have. But first you have to be, you must be first. Talk to you guys soon, bye. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to find your own unique style, something that will set you apart and have your clients coming back for more, I want to invite you to join me for the print style challenge. This is a free five-day challenge that will push you outside of your comfort zone and give you the tools you need to begin your own print style practice. Either head over to Leslie Kenahan on Instagram or head over to whitebuffalostudio.com forward slash links. See you next time.